0: I have a reason and thought through why I'm doing, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. And then I have to take an action. Inaction does not work in recovery. You have to have action. You have to be doing something. Yeah. It's easy for a spouse to get hung up on. I don't want you to do that thing, which is right, but we have to do something also. Yeah. Otherwise that isn't an action plan. That's an inaction plan. And again, leaves a vacuum. Yeah. And if I'm sitting here and I'm only in the vacuum. I'm going to do something. We have to figure out what is it that my body, that my gut, that my heart needs and that I've been going to this other thing for and and really betraying if you're in a relationship. We're betraying their relationship by going outside for the comfort that I desire. I'm Angela and I'm Chad and we discuss issues that couples face in everyday life. Then we set you up to have a conversation with your partner that's designed to bring you closer together. This is the Connecting Couples podcast with The Real Emhoffs.
1: Real conversations for a real connection. Here we are diving into episode 4 of our series on addiction, coming right off the episode where we talked about habits and why it's so hard. Why you can't just tell someone, "Hey, you should stop that," and that person go, "You are right. I should," and now we've solved the problem. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> there are a lot of habits uh. and patterns and experiences that make it really tricky to end something that has comforted us or that we have yeah. used. In an area where we're trying to get a need met or pain, you know, responded to. So what we want to do now is talk about, basically, if someone were going to say, "I'm ready," I want to end this, or "Hey, you need to end this," what <laughs> what it might look like for um, someone to actually change the pattern of addiction.
0: Right. And I'm like in my head there's this song it goes I'm not an addict it's cool I feel alive. Oh, I'm like they're I've even saying this it was from like <laughs> then I want to say like 2098 okay. maybe. We'll look it up. Um but and I'll, I'll try to give credit I think that person overdosed possibly. But either oh. way I know. But I'm like It's really hard because me trying to tell someone they have a problem, they just come back with, no, I don't. I'm fine. That's not my problem. It's your problem. And so really when we start to think about addiction, we start to think about, like, folks that are stuck in denial or unable to access. Even the awareness when people have told us that we need to change, it's hard to get to that space. And so... Really, when we start thinking about uh, the research on this or we start thinking about how people talk about it in clinical settings, a lot of times they, they reference Prashatsky and Clementi. They're two researchers who came up with a framework for this. And so it's it really starts with, with what they call pre-contemplation. It's before I even know that I have a problem. Like, I'm not sure that I want to change anything because it's cool. It's not a problem.
1: We want to bring this up inside the concept of relationship we are the connecting couples podcast and we do work with both sides of the cycle withdrawers and pursuers and so we can't just address this i mean we could but it's not what this podcast is designed for in an isolated form i the addict want to stop or i the partner of the addict want my partner to stop what do i need to do although chad and i have those conversations on a very regular basis, what we're trying to do is hold and respect both sides. So I wanna just kind of encourage the listener, if you find yourself on one or the other side of this, it's a weird thing to say, but if I were only talking to the addict, then my language would look a little differently than if I were talking to the addict with their partner present. And if I were only talking to the partner of the addict, my language to the partner would look different if I were only talking to them because there are some direct things that you would say that maybe there was an unawareness on the other side for example I would say to a partner does your partner know that they're addicted are they are they able to acknowledge themselves or are they still in denial? If, if they are in denial, then having the conversation with them together is going to potentially put them into a cycle where it just feels like a pursue withdraw. And so it's tricky. So as Chad and I are presenting this, please understand or hold the context that we are talking to both at the same time, holding both sides, which is really challenging, um, that this is cyclical, that there are actions and responses to those actions that perpetuate the cycle. And so we're going to delicately try to address both sides of that cycle.
0: You made me think of something that's interesting, I think this idea that I could be the partner of someone who is struggling with addiction and I might be in pre-contemplation too I might not think it's a problem and maybe we have a crazy party life at some level in college and we get married and we're still partying and then we have kids and then one or the other of us decides hey we need to cut this way of life out and all of a sudden what wasn't Necessarily a problem to the relationship. Maybe we're both functioning in some sort of sort of like, um, I don't know, functioning alcoholic sort of lifestyle. But all of a sudden, it is a real problem. And lifestyle, life has changed. And so it's like, wait, how are we working our relationship?
1: I want to even say, I love that you bring that up because we're about to lay out six stages, basically, of getting healthy. Yeah. So real quick, I want to mention those, and then we're going to break them down. And Chad's already mentioned the first one, the pre-contemplation. And then there's the contemplation, the preparation, the action step, the maintenance step. And then anytime somebody is trying to get clean, a few rounds of this include relapse, and we start right back over at the beginning. And so we're going to break those six down again. if you missed them, Hang tight. They're coming back up again. But I want to go into that pre-contemplation, the very first stage, and what you just said about the partner. I remember in my first marriage, someone else, a family member, asking me about something that my husband was doing. And the reality is, I didn't understand that it was a problem at the time. I know my partner at the time wouldn't have understood it. And so what I started doing was defending to the person who asked what my partner was doing
0: until
1: yeah. I had defended it multiple times. You remember in an episode or two ago of this addiction series, we talked about, you might know you have a problem when people around you start saying.
0: Most often that's how it works. So yeah. so
1: that was the first awareness for me. There was a behavior that was told to me that I hadn't questioned before, that now that I look back go, man, why didn't I think that was unhealthy? Family of origin issues, possibly that kind of thing. But then that person asking me, and then the second or third time saying, Something similar came up, I started to go, wait a minute, I think there might be a problem. So then I start talking to my partner about the problem. And my partner's like, I don't have a problem. And I'm like, no, you do. And so then there was this conversation or this dialogue about whether or not we can even admit it. And the stages, like, then I was like, no, you do. But he was still in denial. So he had to cut. Like, it was a.
0: A, push a work and pull in and progress. Well, and it, it gets escalated. It gets heated when you're talking about things that, well, number one, if if I admit that I have a problem, then it's a real problem, right? So it's it's easier or maybe safer psychologically anyway to kind of leave it over there and say it's not a problem. It's just something I do. Yeah. Right? Or it's just a thing that, oh, I struggled with that at a time, but it's not something that runs me. And so pre-contemplation, I would say, or denial if you're in a twelve step program, it's one of the hardest Real steps to hold on to. I think a lot of the people that get stuck, and, and it's funny that relapse. Normally they circle it back around to the top because it will relapse into something, and then believe and kind of have to go like, oh wait wait wait, this is a problem. My shit. What am I doing? You know, and I'm, as you get further down the road, most people are quicker to recognize. Oh wait wait wait, I need to get back on the horse. I need to get back in the game or back in the meeting or whatever the thing is. You don't. Ad- yeah. You
1: can't admit that you have the problem until you have failed at stopping or changing the problem it's not a problem unless it's a problem yeah yeah exactly i think about our food issues and chad and i have been talking about how we've like adjusted our food and we're getting healthier and physically being more attentive to the things we're eating and exercise Mm -hmm. i guess having a child that uh, over the age of 40 both of us um, realized we got to live longer for her sake and for ours and so we've really been trying to take on our food stuff. And I thought, you know, we have tried in our 10 years of marriage some diets, some different things, and we didn't really address that there was a problem until we started failing at those things. And we would try change, but change wouldn't happen or it wasn't sustainable. And then I really started going, oh, man, I... I think that this actually might be a problem because I want to consciously say I don't have a problem, but I can't change it. And even now, the steps that Chad and I have been making, I'm mad at myself for them. I'm slightly embarrassed that I even have to say. I, I eat bad or I don't exercise yeah. and, and I have a hard time doing it or I lack motivation. It's like
0: I think that I should have been a perpetually like a 20-year-old where I, I could eat cookies and milk and Burger <laughs> King at midnight and pizza or whatever. Fine. And like, oh, yeah, it just falls off of me yeah. nothing to it. But what you're talking about, I want to move us on to the contemplation stage because yeah. you're really saying, and it might even be a little bit of preparation because you're saying, I've, I've, I've looked mm-hmm. at this. I think that is a problem. I know. You know, I looked at a picture of me from like 2016, right before Avery was born. And I'm like, man, that I knew I had a problem at some level at some point. I'm like, okay, that that's got to be altered. The obvious
1: evidence is there and we can't deny it. And so
0: I'm like, man, that needs to be changed. And so I'm contemplating. What do I want to do all this stuff? That's the kind of the contemplation. Mm -hmm. Do I want to do the things that that. That it takes to change. It doesn't mean that we know what it'll take. It's just, do I even want to? Like, I'm really thinking about it.
1: I think, too, even saying you looked at a picture, there are some, I'm going to quote, using air quotation marks for the listeners, problems that are externally obvious. Yeah. So if we're out of shape and overweight, (laughs) you can see that we've gained weight or we're not losing weight. If somebody has... Not some, showing
0: up at work. I can do yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So.
1: Somebody shows <laughs> yeah. up hungover. Or yeah. somebody, a lot of times, somebody who says, I'm not an addict, will get a DWI or yeah. a DUI. And then they go, oh, this thing happened. Maybe. Sometimes there is... They get caught at work or by their spouse looking at pornography, or something happens, and it is a glaring piece of evidence that says, now this is a problem. And so people will have to kind of get pushed into this six-stage category of
0: now that
1: you have to change your life. So yeah. you, you yeah. have to get into the contemplation and preparation stage, not because you acknowledged it on your own, but because some factor happen yeah. that now is forcing your life to make the shift well
0: i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna tie it to the diet and i'm gonna keep us moving along because we could talk about i each know one we of really could. We could talk about each one of these forever but pre-contemplation is i don't have a problem it's fine contemplation is oh wait this shirt's a little tight what happened mm. here it's like this isn't comfortable mate maybe there's something going on like i'm mm. starting to ask the questions and then we're moving on to preparation preparation i think is where um Maybe, maybe it's starting to say, okay, I want to change. I'm going to change. I look I'm gonna, up a
1: diet plan. I'm going
0: to order a Bowflex online or whatever the thing yeah. is. I'm going to like P90X. I'm going to look that, into CrossFit. Yeah. If right?
1: the steps worked, yeah. I'm going to look into the steps. And if they worked, it would work. But yeah, I'm yeah. just starting to yeah. go, what but can I do I'm just It's
0: only preparing like yeah. my brain, my mind. my. It's like, okay, I probably need to do maybe one of those things. Bowflex, CrossFit, something. And then... Yeah. I'll even move us past that. But preparation is important. You need to have... A plan, it, it, kind of. You have to have a plan. You know, f- fail the plan, plan to fail kind of thing. So you, that is an important piece of, like, moving forward. And I would encourage you, if you're at that stage... And you're saying, I'm trying to prepare, ask some people, lots of people have done this and not everything will work for everyone. And I'm not just talking about diets, I'm talking about recovery or drug addiction or alcoholism or whatever the thing is or whatever yeah. you call your struggle. But, but I would encourage you not to do it alone and we're going to get to that in further episodes. But the next thing I want to go to is action, right? It's like, not only have I started the order, I've ordered the Bowflex. Now it's at my house and I've put it together. I would still call that preparation. But I've actually started to say, hey, I'm going to grab the weights, and I'm going to start to do some exercise, or the the resistance bands, or whatever they are. I (laughs) have to give this little
1: tell away. When I start to, when I'm in the preparation stage, I buy a new pair of running shoes. That's good, man. I have lots of new pairs of running shoes, by the way, that I've bought, because I get to this stage a lot. But the action stage is then, I put the shoes on, and then I leave the house in the shoes.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) exactly. I would say action is just putting the shoes on.
1: <laughs> okay, good. good. Like, I feel like then I've had a lot it's of It's
0: not that you've had to... Um it is something different than you yeah. have done. Maybe even... You could even say ordering the bow flag, or ordering the shoes on so Amazon So let's or, talk about really
1: that. quick in drug terms. Maybe yeah. I've shown up at a meeting, gone to AA, called a therapist, gotten into therapy. There are, you know, obviously different addictions. Maybe I've, um, if, if it's a pornography addiction, addressed it with my partner. We're working through it. We're seeing a therapist. And I also put some, some sort of filter or on yeah, yeah. my computer. Yeah. So now I can't yeah. watch it. There are action steps happening that are hopefully starting to lean us towards moving away from the addictive behavior.
0: Let me say something about this. Mm. Action is before maintenance, which is before relapse. (laughs) So when you're in the action phase, a lot of people, they think, oh, I went to a meeting or I went for a run and I ate healthy today. And then the next day they find out uh, oh, that's I, I went back to eating and I didn't run, or whatever the thing yeah. is. I'm like, in the action phase, you can't get caught up with results. Yeah. Like, you can't get caught up with, how am I doing? Am I successful at this? Am I making it work? That, that is not the point of action. It's that we're adding actions to our life. We're doing some different things. Again, not with an outcome yeah. yet, but we're kind of like adding some like support and structure and, and putting things in place and taking action, Doing again, doing it different. So I, that we can start down the road. I
1: think it's important. Relapse, we, I
0: don't think relapse even exists there. No. In my opinion. And
1: I would say the reason it's important that you even mention that is because if we go back to within a partner relationship, yeah. when the addicted partner has started on the action yeah. step, yeah. there's so much hope. Like, oh, my guess what? My partner went to therapy. or He's guess doing what? the thing. He's been sober for a week. And so the hope is yeah. Yeah. now the problem is solved and we're doing good. And... Chad and I, when we're on the receiving end of that, we'll try to pad it, like we yeah. obviously validate and, and c- celebrate the success, but then also try to go, hey, just a reminder, this is a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. We try to land, you know, tactfully that there is probably going to be some regression or something's well, going to happen.
0: I want to I use, I'm, I wish I had a perfect analogy, but it's like, when we start thinking about, like, let's say a wife catches a husband looking at porn, Okay. right? And she says, you can never do this again or I'm leaving you. And I'm like, I'm not saying that, I mean, do what you have to do in your relationship. But I'm like, he it says. It doesn't
1: also have to be that angry. You can yeah, be yeah. like, I'm sad, heartbroken, and you can never yeah. do this again. Or, or like alcohol. You. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to all make it all about porn or yeah. whatever.
0: But I'm like, "I'll." and then, then the spouse says, I'm never going to do that again. Mm. That still is an action. That isn't an action. No. It's inaction. Correct. You're saying what I'm not going to do, which I don't even know that they've fully gone to the contemplation of, do I want to do that? You need the addicted partner to say that. And then they need to go, okay, I'm going to prepare. And then I'm not only that, but I'm going to start to do something. Not doing something. And that's what makes me a little bit crazy with recovery. Not drinking does not work. Work, I have to do something. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Action and inaction. A lot of times
1: in addiction, you hear people say what they're not going to do. But... A healthy, sustainable change requires attention to what we are going to do.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody gets caught up on the idea that, like you are doing that bad thing that I don't want you to do. So you need to stop doing that bad thing. And that is not what we're talking about when we're talking about the action phase. So we're going to
1: throw something in here. That's going to pause for a second Our six stages. Again, we've gone pre contemplation, contemplation in between preparation and action. We've had some, I'm going to call it action for a while. We've gone to a meeting, gone to therapy, started to shift. Now there is a new little mini cycle in the cycle. And, and we want to talk about what happens. So, Before we get into long-term or longer-term healthy, sustainable change where we then have maintenance and hopefully no relapse, those come down the road. In this action step, there's a cycle that happens where somebody is doing great, they have stayed sober or stayed, you know, maintained the boundary against the thing. But what happens is a stress in life shows up. Or a trigger hits. Or the underlying reason that they went to the comfort in the first place shows up. And we can white-knuckle and stop the thing for 60 to 90 days. People can do that. Yeah. But eventually, inevitably, the thing will show up. And then there is like an uh uh-oh moment where they regress to using. And then have shame and guilt because they already recognize there's a problem and they tried it. So now not only are they using again or have fallen off the wagon or have relapsed, whatever you wanna use the word there, now they feel shame and guilt Either worried that they're going to get caught, or they get caught, and that's a problem too. Then there is this like repentance, I'm so sorry, or like guilt or admittance. And here no, we now I'm going to
0: promise I'll never do never it again. Never do it again. Swear off of the thing. Yep. Sober yep. up. Yep.
1: And then head back into a season of sobriety until stress hits again. And here we go. And I think the partner of somebody who is trying to sober up, I you know that question I ask often is. How many times have you been in this spot where they're making promises? It's exhausting, isn't it? It is exhausting, and it's discouraging. And you go, how long am I supposed to do this? How long do I stay? How come it isn't sustainable change? Well, this is
0: the sad part, because when you're the partner of somebody who's continually going to something else, it's hard not to take that as though... Hey, I'm not enough, or I'm yeah. not the thing. Right? Like that that's a really tough place to be.
1: I hear a lot somebody yeah. go, Don't you love us enough, the family? Don't you love me enough? Don't you care
0: about my heart. Before
1: you did this and you didn't know the impact it had. Now you know the impact and you're still doing
0: it. How can you do this to us? And what
1: that yeah. then does is add more guilt and more shame to the cycle and it is a Which,
0: mess. And let me say that'll that will get somebody to white knuckle it for 30 days, a lot of times, or six months, even 90 yeah. days. And I'm like, my head just says that is not sustainable Mm-mm. because that is, again, in my mind, I have to have the contemplation and preparation. So there it means that I have a reason and thought through why I'm doing what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. And then I have to take an action. Again, I know this is in action does not work in recovery. You have to have action. You have to be doing something. Yeah. A lot of times I I it's easy for a spouse to get hung up on I don't want you to do that thing, which is right. But we have to do something also. Yeah. Otherwise, that isn't an action plan. That's an inaction plan and again, leaves a vacuum. Yeah. And if I'm sitting here and I'm only in the vacuum, I'm going to do something whether and we've talked about go to yeah. other unhealthy things and all kinds of stuff in our other podcasts and We don't want that to be the case. And so we have to find ways to put in place healthy actions that address the initial internal need. And again, it's hard to notice that if if you're in the moment of distress right now. I'm like, I'm not trying to say, hey, go figure out the need first before you stop drugs or something, whatever the thing is. I'm saying we have to figure out what is it that my body, that my gut, that my heart needs and that I've been going to this other thing for. and, And really betraying if you're in a relationship, we're betraying their relationship by going outside for the comfort that I desire. And so it's a hard place to be y'all. We're not trying to say that that's easy or simple or I, I do. I think we're trying to, literally adjust what we do. And that is the maintenance phase where you're saying, these things that I've plugged in, I'm going to continue to do healthy things for me, healthy habits. I'm going to go good places. I'm going to have good community. I'm going to have good conversations with my spouse and other people that I know are safe and want to show up for me. And we're going to talk about long-term
1: maintenance of some of these things in a future episode but we wanted to just pitch to you these six stages and then what in the middle of them once you actually start there's another little thing at play the cycle of shame and and use and guilt and life stressors that really start to uncover some of those deeper problems that we addressed in the last episode the the things we do when really hard and heavy life hits or stress hits or or, you know, being overwhelmed or anxious, what do we go to? And we come back in our connecting couples theme is how do we get couples to connect around the hardest places instead of potentially going to these things that are competing against this secure attachment?
0: Yeah, Angela, I think that brings us right to our connect point.
1: The Connect Point is designed to help you have a different conversation about how you experience your relationship.
0: Small adjustments lead to big change over time. Take some time to practice with us now. In this Connect Point, we want you to take a few minutes and instead of thinking about what you're not going to do or the action or inaction that you're not going to take, right, we want you to take a few minutes and say, what actions are healthy for me? What are good things that I can plug into my life that will feed me, that will nurture me, that will help me start to develop into the person I want to be. And so take a few minutes and I, I would encourage you, think about that on your own, but then also share it with each other.
1: And on the other side of that, if you're somebody who is living in a system that has addiction and you're caring or trying to do your best to love that person who is in that contemplation and action step, my question would be, is there something, an action that you need to take that often can be a hard thing? not enabling or holding somebody accountable or addressing a thing that you know might create conflict, but needs to be addressed. A lot of times setting a harsh boundary is something the relationship needs for you to stay safe, but you can avoid it because of your care and love for your partner. So if there's something on the other side of the person who is struggling and wants to shift that you need to do, consider what your action versus inaction is as well. If you can process that with your partner, great, but awareness again inside your own process is where we want you to start. And now it's time for you to go connect with your partner.
0: Thanks so much for listening to us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, one of the best things you can do for us is to share it with another couple that you think could benefit from it.
1: You can rate us and give us a review on your listening platform, and you can follow us on our Facebook page, The Real
0: MHOFs. If you want to support our nonprofit that makes resources available for couples, you can check out the Ways to Give tab on our website, therealemhoffs.com. We love to hear from our
1: listeners, so feel free to message or email us with ideas you might like us to talk about or the ways that our Connect Point conversations are impacting your relationship. Thanks, Thanks again. again.